Hey, this is Saz Ross, and you are listening to Cut to the Chase podcast. Stepping out beyond boundaries takes courage and the ability to dream. We are excited to share our new audio podcast called Cut to the Chase. The structure of this podcast embodies open dialogue with friends, family, and professional colleagues talking about things that impact our ability to thrive. We hope that you will join our unscripted, unbridled podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase, episode 136, entitled, When You Lose Everything. I'm going to take a pause right there for just a moment, because number one, when you lose everything really resonates very closely near and dear to me, as well as to my featured guests. And on top of that, I've just had a recent loss in my family, which couldn't have come at a more tumultuous time with everything that's going on related to COVID. And it's just been really, really hard, you know, to deal with these types of tragedies that are happening and things that could have been probably omitted or for that matter, avoided. And so I'm going to open up with a quote that basically says, nothing left to lose. I don't know what to do to get me back to you. I've got nothing left to lose. I'm saddened. Tears and blues. All bridges have been crossed. I guess our love is lost. Now, when you start talking about when you have lost everything, what that ends up defining in an individual is basically two things. Your patience when you have nothing and your attitude when you have everything. And so today, our featured guest has spent 10 years working and thriving in the field of art education after winning the 2016 Maryland Art Education Association Elementary Teacher of the Year Award for the state highest performance county, she started thinking about how to keep achieving more as a young, hungry, and passionate art and educator. She decided to quit her job in art education to pursue her own illustration art workshop business. The leap into this new career pursuit came at the same time her mother was dying. At the most crippling moment of her life and feeling more lost than ever, she was able to use her creative outlet in illustrating to build a thriving business in freelance illustrations, and murals. The love 
of art education led her to facilitate professional development workshops for the state of Maryland Department of Education as one of the youngest roster artists ever hired while working as an educational director in the art education nonprofit called Leaders of Tomorrow's Youth Center. She is a creative leader. She believes it's time for young professionals to view themselves at the same, excuse me, to view themselves as the same to make a positive change in our world. She's also designed a coloring book called The House of Curiosity that incorporates unusual architectural wildlife and nature. The coloring book has been meant to heighten the curiosity through subject distortions and playful imagery. Now, there's some fun facts into this young lady. Not only is she a dear friend and a referral from a prior guest, but she also puts mayo on all of her food. She also has an obsession with grizzly teddy bears. She's also been featured on WBAL Channel 11 for Sass Ross Art Factory. And just recently, she celebrated her 30th birthday, and I want to wish her a happy birthday. And as I do that, without further ado, I'd like to introduce Miss Sass Ross. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. What a beautiful introduction. That was that was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're quite welcome. You're quite welcome. We try and do our best here at Cut to the Chase to make you feel at home, make you feel like a member of the family, and really, really bring the message to its most purest form in our introduction. Well, you definitely achieved that. And thanks for the, <laughs> thanks for the birthday wishes. 30, 30 is is great. Getting old is fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Miss Ross, I tell you, are you ready to dive into this topic? Because, I, you know, the first thing that I can think of is as we talk about when you lose everything, you went through a very tumultuous time, not only leaving a job, but then venturing out as an entrepreneur. And at the same time that you ventured out as an entrepreneur, your mother was dying. I mean, our heart and our condolences go out to you for that. But walk us through where you were at that state and point in your life, because most people that go through that feel as if their world is crumbling around them. Can you explain? Absolutely. I think when you lose a parent, there's a light that just goes out completely. It's unable to turn back on. And at that moment in my life, I was, I was thriving as an art teacher in a public school system. And I was working in Maryland. My whole family is from New York City. And I knew my mom wasn't doing so well. She was in and out of remission for about seven years with multiple myeloma, which is a blood cancer. And mm -hmm. at her worst, my sister calls me actually right before I'm about to teach a class to tell me that mom is dying. 
and that she doesn't have, you know, even really a month left to live. And I'm supposed to teach a class in five minutes. So I get into the, to the, the paper closet, our supply closet, and I have a breakdown. Paper is just falling on top of me. It was very theatrical at the time. And I'm just like holding on to the shelving for dear life because I'm about to lose it. You know, when you get older, especially in your late twenties, like, you know, all the feelings that you had as a young 20 year old, like I'm independent, I can do anything I want, kind of a human being, you know, that pride gets put in a corner and you start realizing that you do need advice and role models and guidance. So, you know, that's where I am in my life. And I find out that she doesn't have much time to live. So, you know, all this is going on. Meanwhile, I'm planning a wedding and she's helping me plan it. So, you know, it's, it's a wild time to have all of this go on. And, you know, it's crazy when I found that out, there was a water main break in the school I was working in. And it was like some higher power telling me to leave immediately. And I was lucky that I left at that time because she passed away a few days later and I was able to spend that time with her. But, you know, when you have a parent pass away, not only is that traumatic, but the way that my mother passed away was not only in front of my eyes, like feeling her hand beat till its last pulse. Uh, She was in pain that entire time. She wanted to be at home. She did not want to be in a hospital. We were unable to give her pain medication and the machine she was on wouldn't let her receive more medication. It maxed out. And I had to watch my mother tremble in pain till her last breath. And that was probably the most traumatizing thing I've ever seen in my life. After that happening, you know, I I think it occurred to me that this woman spent her whole life waiting to live in her retirement age. Um, You know, she was mildly agoraphobic, didn't really do much. So her home was like her temple. She built this new patio. She, you know, you know, loved watching TLC, loved that 90 day fiance. And she was like a a reality junkie. And, you know, she just loved her home and was always waiting for this, you know, retirement chapter to truly enjoy her home and her life, you know, on Long Island, which is where the house is, my family house is. So it occurred to me that, you know, if I keep waiting for certain dreams of mine to come to fruition, they're, they're just never going to happen if I just keep waiting. So that dawned on me and I quit my job immediately. My husband who works a nine to five, he's an electrical engineer. Um, (laughs) he was horrified. (laughs) He's, you know, plays it safe. He's Mr. Safe. And here I am quitting my job. Um, we're newly married. He's probably thinking, what did I get myself into? (laughs) Who is this person I married? And Mm -hmm. all the while, I'm just like, what feels like starting from square one, I'm putting my resume out there. I want to start a business. I know that I have this creative gift. I'm not sure how to share it yet. And in the midst of this chaos and uncertainty, a nonprofit organization picks me up and they say, hey, do you want to teach programs? You know, here's... uh, what you're, we're looking at, basically the same setup 
that I was doing in the public school system, but being a, mm-hmm. being paid half the amount, less than half the amount to do it. So mm-hmm. I needed some source of income. <laughs> and this was the only thing at the time, you know, while I'm having the, the laying the foundation of what is to be this, you know, business and illustration. So I accept this position, Greg, and um, I get put into a school that's under construction. I, I kid you not, they're, the quality of, how do I say this, like uh, shelter for these children, it, deplorable. The mm-hmm. building itself was crumbling. There was no drinking water at all. And um, I was lucky to get any materials. I wasn't teaching art in an art room, so I didn't have sinks. And I was probably in the hottest room in the building. So much so that all the crayons that I had in my classroom melted. And they mm. were they would form these like crayon sculptures. I, I they they were beautiful, but I didn't have resources. <laughs> um sure. there there was a moment where they put a thermometer in my room and I believe I remember seeing it reach over a hundred degrees. So mm. yeah, at that point, you know, when you're seeing a first grader sweat with beads of sweat down their face and they, you know, they have a marker in their hand and they're excited. And, you know, I'm teaching in Baltimore city, like there's a lack of resources as is, and they're just so happy and elated when you have any arts of any kind in there. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm feeling this higher purpose and doing what I'm doing, but I'm thinking to myself, like, if I don't get an air conditioner, you know, <laughs> I, I don't think I'm going to be doing my job here. So I need to do something about this. I need to have them be comfortable. My materials can't keep melting. So it's the end of September. And here I am on Facebook marketplace, trying to find an air conditioner, looking in every store, they're all sold out and out of season even though it's a million degrees in September sometimes in Maryland. And mm-hmm. I wind up finding this air conditioner in a neighborhood in Baltimore City. I lived in an area called Fells Point at the time. And Fells Point is one of those places where if you go up a few streets, it's a completely mm-hmm. different part of town. Um, I lived on the marina at the time. So like, if you were to go keep going north – and it's really not the safest area. So me feeling mm-hmm. desperate, impulsive, and feeling like I have nothing left to lose. I'm just keep I just keep taking these leaps of faith here, right? Mm-hmm. I get to this door of the person trying to sell me this air conditioner. It's getting dark. I see this little light coming from the doorway, and um, you know, it's a big air conditioner, and it looks like you know maybe he needs help with it. I go inside, um, I I wouldn't say inside, probably up to the door, right, on the Mm -hmm. stoop, and he makes eye contact with me, the man selling me the air conditioner, and he says to me, you know, I know a lot of people try to sell things on Marketplace. Do you want me to plug in your air conditioner to see if it works? And Mm -hmm. I take one step inside. He's about to plug it in, and another man in that house has a gun pointed to my head. Mm. And I kid you not, I'm thinking of everything leading up to this point. Like, what did I do wrong? I'm trying to help these children. 
you know, mm-hmm. my mom just passed away. So at this moment in time, I'm like, what is going on? What do you want from me? And I, I know mm-hmm. many things could have happened. Horrible things could have happened in that moment. But I started laughing. I was wearing a, sh- a shirt with a stain on it. I, I didn't have much. I already, you know, I paid this guy electronically. So I had nothing on me. Like, what do you, what do mm-hmm. you want from me? Mm-hmm. And I laughed. And then, you know, he looked at me like I was nuts. Mm-hmm. I think in a moment like that, I don't know what possessed him to put down the gun, but like, it, obviously <laughs> I was very lucky because he tried to play it off like it was a joke and it's obviously not a joke in that area of town. So mm-hmm. I was, I just, I ran out and this man selling me the air conditioner, he's like, he's like, that guy just moved in. I don't know who that is. And la la la. Like, I'm sorry. I'm still trying to figure, you know, like, you know, his situation out. And I'm, he's being very apologetic. Meanwhile, I'm like, mm-hmm. how am I alive? So <laughs> when I left that whole situation, um, I was just hungry for more at that point in my life. I was like, this, this can't be the case for me. You know, I plugged in that air conditioner and it didn't work all, all of that for an air conditioner that didn't even work. So Mm. this dead end just kept getting, uh, how do I say this? It was like beating a dead horse at this point, losing, Mm -hmm. losing not only a career that I had, but knowing that, um, the contract that I was under with the program I was teaching in also went under. Mm-hmm. So at that point, really, really, really having nothing and really no source of income, I see that there's a vacancy for a leadership position at the nonprofit Leaders of Tomorrow Youth Center. And mm-hmm. I go for it. I'm getting my art ed master's at the time. I have nothing left to lose. Here I am just taking leap after leap of faith. And I was able to get the job. <laughs> made a lot of people angry that worked there probably for a while and me coming in mm-hmm. being like, I can change things here. So they believed in me and I'm so happy they did. And at that same time, I took a course in speaking, something that's very familiar to me. I, I traveled for four years in high school on a traveling acting team. So I loved speech. I loved uh, debate. And I kind of dug into that part of my life to say, you know, hey, I know that I can speak and I know that I can share my creativity. So why not make workshops for businesses and educational institutions to help others access their creative mindset? So mm-hmm. as that's beginning and I'm I'm literally doing whatever speaking opportunities I can. I'm signing up for Toastmasters. I'm, you know, trying to find engagements with my through my nonprofit and as I'm building up this portfolio um, you know, I, I'm illustrating my life. I'm drawing this little girl, you know, she's either lost or trying to make decisions. She's at a crossroads at a point she's drowning, but then she gets out of the water and she's captaining, you know, she's a captain of the boat, uh, that's traveling across this like very surreal looking sea. Um, you know, and I'm telling these stories through my work and it, Mm -hmm. it dawned on me that all of those years I was trying to teach creativity to students who felt like they weren't creative at all, I didn't know how to access their creativity properly. Mm -hmm. So what was very interesting about this whole journey, losing thing after thing after thing, 
it never occurred to me that my story is my greatest creative tool. And the pieces that I've had, you know, viewers of my work resonate with the most are the pieces where it looks like a story is unfolding and they're trying to interpret what's going on. So for every person I've ever met that's said to me, you know, says, I'm not creative. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not a creative being. Um, mm-hmm. I've said to them, you know, look, like I know that at every, at any point in anyone's life, there's always been this feeling of, you know, being lost or not knowing where our next step will take us. But we don't realize how powerful that moment in our lives actually is. And, you know, we are, humans thrive on structure, but Mm -hmm. we are in an environment where we don't know where our next step will be. Something happens to our minds that yields itself to our most creative potential. And that's where we have to take a next step and we don't know where that step will be. So, Mm -hmm. you know, being lost is actually one of the most beneficial parts to being creative. And when we embrace that moment of vulnerability, when we're going through tragedy and we're having to be resilient, that's the best fuel for any sort of of creative work. And it helps you not only heal faster, um, it connects you to people in a way that is totally profound. So. Yeah, so it's it's not enough just to make things. That's what I that's what I keep preaching. It's like <laughs> you have to also share it. And that's like one of the scariest things because I mean, I don't know if you've ever made something. It could be like, you know, when you're in elementary school and you're like, "Oh, this looks like the worst thing ever." And I have to my teacher wants me to share it, you know, but it it, it feels daunting to many people a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh man I I just feel um, captured in your moment of defeat and your moments of triumph and uh, and glory, and the whole timing of it really brings about a lot of things that have kind of transitioned in in my own personal journey. When you talk about losing everything, you know a lot of my fans and followers and listeners, you know, they've heard the story of what happened to me in 2012, you know, about me losing everything, you know, my dad, you know, worldly possessions, my, my family lost my two daughters and I ended up having to leave the country for a period of time to, to really find myself. And even during that time, you know, you realize that there's still a lot of pieces to your story, your compositional makeup, your DNA that really don't quite align with the fulfillment of your goals, your your ambitions and admirations for life. And so when I lost everything, for me, it stripped me to the core emotionally, physically, psychologically, and I had nothing left but to figure out how to rise back again to the top. And we all go through these cycles and moments in our lives 
whether there's setbacks of financial means, uh, setbacks from divorce, setbacks from loss of job, whatever the case may be, it's like a slap in your face. It is the worst time and it happens in the worst moment in your life. But as they always say, there's nothing ever bestowed upon us that we can't accept, take, or persevere through the turbulent times and the turbulent waters to be able to overcome and succeed. And to be honest with you, Sass, you know, when you talk about creativity, the whole premises behind Cut to the Chase was created in a space to where my other company wasn't making any money. COVID had set in. I wasn't traveling. Things were looking pretty bleak. I'm trying to figure out, okay, what is going to be my next opportunity? You know, how do I get myself re-engaged? How do I use my skills to do something that's going to be really beneficial? And it just took the notion of my wife saying, hey, you've been interested in podcasting, so why don't you go ahead and give it your shot? And so when you talk about creativity, it can happen in your arts. It can happen in you starting a business. It can happen in you creating a podcast. It can happen in you developing something so revolutionary that no one even thought you had it inside of you. But there's one thing that you stated earlier on. And that to me is when you lose, when you lose, that is the most heightened opportunity for creativity that there ever possibly could be for any soul living on earth. Because if you're not thinking that way, the only other thing is to be buried in the ground. Because you can't deal with the pressure. You can't deal with the storm. And I just love the way that you are able to really never give up and continue to look at things in a way, whether they were life-threatening, whether they were setbacks, that what am I doing wrong? You know, questioning the fact that if I'm giving Am I not applying myself in the right context? And if that's the case, what do I need to change? And you were able to pivot. And by pivoting, you were able to flourish into where you are today. And I have to say that, you know, my team has gone through a lot of the things that you've got out there on your IG page and your web page. And it is... It is marvelous artwork and how you really combine, you know, the distinctive factors of what you do to really heighten the curiosity through your imagery and the distorted ways of being able to put these things together. Because psychologically, you know, as being a parent, my daughter, I mean, I, I mean, she's an artist, but she's a photographer. She does the same thing with her photography work. And sometimes I look at these things and I'm going, oh my God, what, you know, help me understand this. And then she explains it. And then it's like, oh, I get it. I get it. But that in itself represents that there's a talent, you know, 
there's that there's that fire that you have that's burning inside to be unleashed to the universe and i think you're on that charter i mean you're on your way to achieving great things and certainly we'd like to give you you know kudos for that because the thing is is when we talk about loss it starts out like when I lost you, I lost myself too. And as I look at myself, that's exactly what happened. When I feel lost and alone, I don't know what to do. It's never-ending nightmare of pain that feels like nails are being driven through my heart. And then I pull them out again and again. Night and day, day and night, the prevailing thoughts that go through my head is that I'm dead. I know that I will get over this and get through it somehow. As long as I take small steps through the darkness. I mean, it's a reflection of what you went through. It's a reflection of what I've gone through. It's a reflection of what millions and millions and millions of other people have gone through in life. Absolutely. But just because you lose everything, you can't give up. You still have to move forward. You have to look at yourself in the mirror and figure out how to pick yourself up and continue to move forward. And so, Saz... What are some of the things through your journey that you can share with our listeners that help you get through some of that turbulent time? Because you were just faced with here, here, here it was, you're helping. Here it was, you're dealing with the grief of a loss. Here it was, you're trying to, you know, move forward in structuring and educating uh, the youth. But what were some of those tangible things that you saw that helped you weather the storm? Can you share some of those with us today? Oh, absolutely. Um, so j- just to um, respond to some of the things that you said earlier, you know, creativity lives in so many spaces. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's important to realize that when we're lost and, mm-hmm. you know, there is a fire in all of us. Mm-hmm. Our passions and our creativity just need a pathway. Mm-hmm. So the pathway that I found in Lost is, you know, by redefining Lost, I can prevail and I can succeed and and I can be a resilient person. So I turned Lost into this acronym: L, listen to criticism; O, own your outlet; S, storytell; and T, take creative risks. So, wow, some of those tangible things that you were mentioning, you know. Everyone needs some sort of support system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, doesn't matter where you are, who you're, you know, where you're from. If you feel like you have nobody, um, currently I'm designing an arts and business program through my nonprofit with an organization in Baltimore City that helps the homeless mm-hmm. use use their creativity to make profit. So even for people who are in those situations. They have a group, they have, you know, a whole um, organization in Baltimore where people who feel alone can feel some sort of support system. So um, when you have that support system with people who have your back and genuinely care about what you have to say, 
those people are the people that actually want you to succeed. So knowing when to listen and when to take advice is so essential because, you know, a lot of the time we think we have all the answers and we just do what's comfortable. But then when you have someone telling you something that you're not used to listening to, that's some of the most valuable things, you know, that you can learn to do is just listen to someone who might not necessarily be in line with your way of thinking. Um, mm-hmm. I usually, I have a friend that I, <laughs> I met at Toastmasters and he, he told me practice makes permanent. His name's mm-hmm. Brian Olds. He's an incredible, he's a CEO of Black Speakers Network. He's incredible. And he said to me, practice makes permanent. So <laughs> I was like thinking to myself, you know, I know whenever you're little, you have teachers and parents telling me, oh, practice makes perfect, practice makes perfect. Mm-hmm. He's like, no. When you keep doing the same things over and over and over again, you're just you're in this like vicious cycle where you're doing mm-hmm. the same thing and you're not getting the results you want. So mm-hmm. in this case, what you need to do to shake things up a little bit is try something new, maybe a new approach, a new method, have the courage to do that and find the people who are going to be able to not only verbalize that to you, but give you feedback on what you're doing, genuine, honest feedback. So yeah, listen to that criticism. Oh, own that outlet. So in most times where we feel like just crap, <laughs> we feel like just crap is raining down upon us. Um, we, we cling to something as a healing mm-hmm. source of healing. So mm-hmm. when I tell people about an outlet, you know, an outlet has a way of strengthening or creating serotonin in the brain and releasing stress, releasing anxiety. You know, there's so many benefits to an outlet, whether it's cooking, horticulture, drawing, music, whatever that may be. Maybe you're not musician of the year or going to, you know, release your, your hot new album on Spotify, but it doesn't matter. There's an outlet. There's a space where you're filling your cup. You're finding a way to navigate a situation by doing something that mm-hmm. brings you pure joy. So mm-hmm. find out what that passion and pure joy is and, and balance your life with it because in those spaces where you're not working, I find it more valuable when you're not doing anything. You find the best ideas in those moments versus working and grinding 24-7. So find that outlet. You'll see that the best ideas will come out of that time where you're not in stress mode and work mode. Um, yeah. S, yeah. storytell. Mm-hmm. Using your own personal story as fuel for connecting with people, maybe people that you wouldn't even normally cling to or gravitate to, because if you share your story, more than likely there is someone out there who will be able to identify with what you're going through and help you move past whatever problem you're trying to solve and whatever feeling you're trying to overcome. So in this case, storytelling can take place in the form of creative writing, songwriting, um, making an artwork, dance. You know, there are ways of showing and feeling your work. And those are things that are going to be helpful to you because when you're able to share the art, it builds your self-esteem and it builds your confidence. Um, you know, I remember sharing my work in a gallery for the first time, not thinking anyone would even like it. (laughs) And because I did that, because I took a leap of faith, the biggest artwork I had in that whole entire exhibition sold and Mm -hmm. beautiful things happen when you least expect it. And that was proof of that moment. You know, I was able to share part of my story, part of my art in in a space that I never, ever even thought I would be able to, you know 
be in. And just by being there and just by showing up and sharing that story, I was able to make connections, make money, <laughs> and you know, become more confident in my own ability. Right. Um, yeah. Right. And the last party acronym is is T. So that's take creative risks. And you know, I think it's easy for a lot of people to say that. You know, you hear it all the time. Speakers love saying mm-hmm. that. You got to take risks, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> um, but you know, it's easier said than done. You know, mm-hmm. how how do you mentally prepare yourself to take risks? How does one actually get to the place? of taking that risk. You have to think you need all of those things. You need the L O S that I just mentioned to even get to the mm-hmm. T. So mm-hmm. once you have that L O S in place, the T becomes a lot easier. You have the support system, you have your creative pathway, you have your personal story, your greatest source of creative fuel that no one else has, but you, right? That, that makes you unique. That makes you stand out. All of those things mm-hmm. in knowing that feeling of that daunting feeling of being lost, you know that you have all those things and that's going to allow you to take a leap. That's going to help you take the leap of faith. Um, and you know, once you have all those systems aligned, taking a creative risks that could look like, you know, reaching out to somebody who's inspired you for years. It could be, you know, speaking in a venue that you've been dying to, you know, in a community that you've been dying to reach or, you know, making art, but, taking a class that, you know, it might be a little expensive. You might have to take an investment risk, but you know, it's going to lead to somewhere positive and profitable. So yeah, all of those things are really important to think about in that, you know, (laughs) horrifying moment of lost. Yeah. Well, we certainly thank you for, for sharing that with us and really providing us with uh, a different way to look at those letters. I mean, that was, uh, quite, uh, quite creative. Um, I certainly appreciate that. And I was trying to write all that down as you were, as you were explaining it. So, oh boy, <laughs> well, there is, <laughs> so, a, there is a Ted talk that has all of that broken down in it. So it's, it's going to be aired, I think, um, on YouTube, I think June sometime in late June, but I'll let you know it's, it's all in there. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, we certainly uh, we certainly appreciate uh, all of the time that we've shared with you and listening, you know, to your story and uh, and really, you know, kind of gravitating to what it means when you lose everything and 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 hearing it from someone that has experienced it firsthand and 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 kind of gone through you know, that journey, because, uh, you know, that in itself, uh, provides so much, uh, validation and credibility to ensure that you're hearing something as, you know, genuine and authentic as, as possible by having someone that, that is, that is literally gone through that part of their life by losing everything. Sounds like uh, we might be losing you on that side. Are you still there? Oh no, I'm still here. I, I'm I'm listening to your very therapeutic voice. <laughs> I'm just I'm getting I, I'm getting lost in your words. You're getting lost. Um, You're getting-, <laughs> getting lost in your words. No, it's it's no. Th- those are some really powerful things. And you know, I think the last thing that someone thinks of doing in a moment of being lost is sharing that that vulnerability and that story. But 
the minute you do, the closer you get to building connections and networks that you never even expected. And, um, you know, even with the art, even in showing this little girl lost in a woods, you know, it's playful yet curious yet, um, you know, maybe a little terrifying. It's like all these things wrapped in one. And by being able to share that and show that you're seeing a piece of myself and me kind of breaking this, this mold of safety by taking a little bit of a risk and not, not necessarily always caring, oh, you know, is this going to be the best thing ever? Am I going to share this with the world? And it's going to just, you know, turn its back on me. But keeping a more optimistic frame of mind thinking maybe it'll open a doorway. I, I think yeah. I think that's gonna be the most important thing for people to realize in that in mm-hmm. that in that moment of feeling lost. Yeah, yeah. Well before we wrap up, you know, I've gotta ask this question and uh it takes us a little bit out of our, you know, topic that we're talking about. But what is the obsession with the grizzly bears? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, you know I think I think everyone has a spirit animal. I, you know I really do. I think um, I also believe in reincarnation. I think we come back to this earth as some sort of animal. Uh, right. If I'm coming back, it's going to be as a grizzly. But let me tell you, I grew up with um, my my dad uh, being a really big figure in my life, and. You know, he, he's, he's a bigger dude. He's, you know, he played Santa. He's tan. Uh, so that threw, mm-hmm. that threw a lot of kids off. Like, why is Santa mm-hmm. so tan? Because uh, <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's not mm-hmm. how he's depicted normally, um, you know. Anyway, so he, he is uh, a bear. He eats, he sleeps, um, and he's just super cuddly. So that's someone I always identified with, and I, I view myself that way. So, you know, I, I sleep hard. I love, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm very playful. And at the same time, I'm also like I'm very protective and hungry. I have, a, I have a really good appetite. So I, I am, I'm a bear in a sense. And the bear is my spirit animal. And it, you know, my husband can tell you that, uh, <laughs> the bear has taken over our house in the form of, you know, sculptures, plush animals, um, artwork. It's, we're, it's covered in it. I, I've, I'm mildly obsessed. Do you have that, yeah. Greg? Do you have Do you have an animal that you're like that with? Uh, I can't say that one really comes to mind um, off the top of my head, but uh, probably more like a lion or a tiger. If I had to think think of one, um, my wife calls me a cyborg, so I guess that always uh, tends to resonate. That I'm always, uh, you know, thinking about the next steps and I'm always, uh, on the hunt for opportunity and inquisitive about learning and networking and, and getting to know people, uh, better. And, uh, I guess if, uh, if I had to place myself into a a lion or excuse me, a, an animal, maybe, maybe a lion or a tiger, but, uh, you know, I find myself lately, being a little bit more empathetic. So I, I don't know what animal would, would, would fall into that category. <laughs> is empath- <laughs> is empathetic? Um, oh boy. I don't, you know, I'm trying to think, but like there definitely is an animal that, you know, definitely helps the herd and takes care of all the other animals. Um, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe yeah. like a, like a sheep dog. You know, I went to the, I was in uh, <laughs> California and they had a dog that was chilling in the cheetah 
exhibit. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, is, any, is anyone looking at this? Does any anyone mm-hmm. see something that might be potentially could be that go that could go potentially wrong here? Um, right. <laughs> but you know, they said that you know the the dog is a companion for the cheetah. The cheetah is a very um, you know self sufficient, independent animal. Doesn't really like being around others of its kind. So the dog mm-hmm. just chills with the cheetah. There's no competitive nature there, and they just keep each other company. And I, you know, I'm thinking about that dog and maybe, maybe you're just like a really awesome species or a breed, I should say, of dog. <laughs> if that makes any, you know, sense could, to you. Could very well, could very well be. Of course, my yeah. wife is not a dog lover. And uh, every time I think about getting a pet, she's like, uh-uh. <laughs> not happening. Yeah. Yeah. My, not happen- my husband would not kick ha- me out. Like fur on the carpet. Yeah. No, not, not living that life. Yeah. So right. I completely right. get it. You're not going to ask me about the mayo too, are you? <laughs> No, no, no. We're 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 almost out of time. I mean, this has okay. been uh, this has been a great great discussion, and we certainly are delighted that we've had you on our show by way of you know the art. Which you know we have to give a big shout out to Amanda for uh, for providing us with the referral, and we're glad that she did. We love Amanda very very much. We had yes, a lot of do. fun. Love her. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so as we wrap up, you know, I'd like to leave us with just this one or two remarks. You know, it's so hard to accept that one has loss. But when you consider that for most of us that have lost and picked ourselves back up, You think of the things that I'm about to describe to you at this moment, which is you would walk endless miles through wind and rain and back again. You would climb a mountain, walk through a desert, and sail on the stormy seas. You would walk until you fell to your knees. For every mile, you would shed a tear. For every year that you endure the pain, only if you could find yourself again. So those are some pretty powerful words because anyone that's hit the bottom should know that that's the type of of mindset. You know, there's a lot of talk out there about mindset and mental health and all these other things that are going on out there across the entire social media platform. But when you're in it, when you're living it, these are the type of things that you have to overcome to find yourself. And so, Sash, we welcome you to the Cut to the Chase family. We appreciate you being on today's episode and sharing your most compelling journey with us because you're probably the only person besides people that I know that are in the military that, from a civilian perspective, have endured having a gun pointed at you for picking up an air condition. I mean, that, that just, uh, yeah, that's a hard, that's a hard one to swallow for me. It's, it's <laughs> so, crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, are there any final remarks before we wrap up? 
No, it's just an honor to be here. And, you know, I've had a, a great time speaking with you. And, you know, I know that this is a nice community that you've been able to foster over, you know, the course of the last year. So uh, thank you for giving me this beautiful, beautiful opportunity to speak with you and to reach out to the people that are listening. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so before we wrap up, for those that might be interested in pursuing, uh, purchasing your artwork or learning more about the Sosh uh, Art Factory or, you know, taking uh, an opportunity to learn more about your training programs as far as your uh, art programs that you have available, maybe they even want to donate or contribute, how would they go about doing that? Sure. Um, Instagram has all of my links set up to it. So it's Saz, S-A-Z underscore Ross, R-O-S-S. Um, my website's there, the Sazafras Factory, um, uh, sazafrasfactory.com, and Leaders of Tomorrow Youth Center. We have a donation page right on the main page, which is ltyc.net. So all of those great things. And, um, you know, for inquiries, my email is attached to Instagram and you guys can reach out if you want to set up a workshop with your community, whatever community that is. It could be uh, faith-based education. It could be business-oriented. Whatever you think will bring creativity um, and inspiration to your space. So thank you again. And I, I really, really appreciate being here today. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love to see what you'd be able to do with our cut to the chase logo. That would be pretty interesting. Oh yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's have at it. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, to our listeners, uh, to our featured guests, uh, Sash, uh, this has been episode 136 entitled when you lose everything, as I always say at the end of every episode, please let's maintain compassion and empathy towards one another. Let's try and figure out how to unify our differences and make this world a better place. Thank you very much, everyone. God bless. Take care. Gregory Proctor, this is your host. Cut to the chase and bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to Cut to the Chase. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Cut to the Chase. You'll also find even more great content on our website at www.k2tcpodcast.com. Thank you and catch you on the next episode.